Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. My name is Jill Foos. I'm a functional medicine and integrative nutrition health coach. I created this podcast to bring you along as we travel down intriguing science-packed roads, debunking old medical paradigms and perusing new innovative therapies and modalities with the finest functional medicine doctors, practitioners, and like-minded biohackers while living our best life. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Health Trip Podcast. Did you know that having regular sex positively influences your overall health and longevity? Studies have shown that both men and women who engage in regular sexual activity have stronger immune systems, reduced anxiety, they feel happier, and it protects the health of a man's prostate. Sexual activity and orgasms release beneficial chemicals in our body that supports bonding with others and a feeling of self-worth. Regular sex may also support a woman's transition into menopause and beyond by minimizing adverse side effects such as vaginal atrophy and dryness. Do you have trouble sleeping? Because regular sex helps that too. Sex also supports strengthening the pelvic floor for men and women. Very important as we age. There are zero downsides to having regular sex. And as you age, it can become even more pleasurable. You're older, wiser, more comfortable with yourself and understand what values in life are important to you. Having that knowledge in your back pocket opens up the door to becoming a better lover. And just in case you need a brush up on your lovemaking skills, and we all could use a bit of that, I have invited Susan Bratton back onto my podcast. Susan is the intimacy expert to millions and advocates for all those who desire intimacy and passion their whole life. Susan's main focus is on passionate lovemaking and has published over 30 books and programs on this topic. She's been featured in the New York Times, on CNBC, and the Today Show, as well as frequent appearances on ABC, CBS, The CW, Fox, and NBC. On this episode, Susan and I dive into the topic of lovemaking, including the anatomy of the female vulva, which is not as simple as you think, different foreplay techniques, how to communicate your needs to your partner, and how to incorporate different positions and sex toys for those who are a little less adventurous, but curious, curious enough to keep listening. So stay tuned, sit back, relax, open your minds, and let's dive in. Hi, Susan. Welcome back to the Health Trip Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here a second time. Well, Jill, we're going to have to start calling this the Sex Trip Podcast. Totally, right? <laughs> it is a trip. It's a journey. I love that. I really love the name of your show, actually, The Trip, because it, it truly is a journey, as is yeah. our sex life, our whole lives. If we allow it to be, it's it's, it's a fabulous journey. And uh, I, I had to laugh when all your list of questions came in last night in my email. And you have so many questions, and I have <laughs> so many answers to all of them. You really picked the perfect questions for me. I love that. Thank you. And I love that we're going to have kind of like a rapid fire 2.0 podcast together today. Thank you for, thank you for your curiosity and your, your fearlessness and your conviction to sexuality as a part of our health span. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I want it for myself. I want yeah. it for you. I want it for the community that, that, that tunes in to help optimize their life. It's not just about taking supplements and doing all the right things, but we got to have fun and we got to have fun yeah. in the bedroom. Yeah. And we all know that. Absolutely. And yeah. I remember, um, I was, I've been divorced for years, but I remember talking to my divorce attorney over COVID and she was so busy because all these yeah. married couples were getting divorced because all of a sudden they had to be cooped up together. Mm -hmm. 
And while that time could have been used really efficiently in the bedroom and trying to yeah. figure out some cool stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't. And a lot of people ended up getting divorced and, you know, we don't, nobody wants that for anybody. So Today, we are devoting this to Passionate Lovemaking 101 because I think everybody needs a reboot. Even if you think you're good in bed, I think there's, like I I, listened, I read your um, guide that you sent me last night on the seven, um, seven stimulating sex positions. And there were a few on there I had never even heard of or done and, you know, really interesting material. But before we dive in, Susan, yeah. I want you to share with my community how you even got here. What's your personal story on how you became a sexpert to yeah. millions of people? It's super easy, really. I mean, we can get through this one quickly. I was 11 years into my marriage with Sir Tim, and uh, I was trying to avoid him for sex, and he was miserable. And uh, we had to come to Jesus on our 11th wedding anniversary and said, what are we going to do? You know, we're, we don't want to be one of the people who gets divorced, like all of our friends were getting divorced. Right. And we, we realized it was really just the sex that was the problem. And it was me going for over a decade of having intercourse with him without having an orgasm. And I just didn't want to do it anymore. And he always had an orgasm. So he wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> and we're like, why is it like this? This is not acceptable. And so not only did we get counseling to work through some issues that we had from my sexual traumas that had happened to me, which they happen to almost everyone. They're very, very right. common and you can get through them. But we worked through those pieces but we also took sex workshops. And when we started going to sex workshops, we started having great sex. And he and I were internet 1.0 Silicon Valley executives. And we said, uh, let's bring sex workshops to the internet. Mm. And that's how personal life media was created. And I started by publishing the work of our, our workshop experts and understanding that that your sexuality is all learned skill and that there are techniques to learn there's anatomy to learn there's the things that you do for your sexual wellness which we got into on the last episode together mm -hmm. talking about sexual biohacking and regenerative therapies to right. keep your aging genitals uh, reversing the aging of your genitals um you know with the femi waves and the gains waves and the pumping and the v fit and i think all of that is very important once you hit 40 and then I started just doing a super deep dive and like anything, when you put your mind to it and you have the interest and curiosity, you become a master over the decades and two decades into this helping, I call myself intimacy expert to millions because I, I literally have helped millions of people through my social media and my email newsletter and just talking to people like all those people that your divorce attorney helped get divorced over COVID. I really feel like if, if sexuality was the issue, I could have saved it for them. I could have fixed it for them. And so what I do a lot is I, I create things like the magic pill method. One of my techniques that helps people who for one reason or another, their intimacy has waned, mostly through health issues of various kinds, emotional and physical, which is, they always are both, um, get back together and find out what they can still do together. Because once you stop, 
once you stop being able to have intercourse, you stop doing anything and it all goes to hell, you know? So I've been really just creating techniques and erotic play dates and ideas for having great sex. That's what people need. They need things that are, as you mentioned, passionate lovemaking is the theme of this particular segment we're doing together today. And that's really what I like to teach people to do. It's not the the stuff that you see in porn or the movies. That's that's very um, base and simplistic and kind of dumb and not fulfilling and certainly not very satisfying, especially for the woman. And so what I do is I help people understand how the female body works and how the male body works and how different they are and how to come together literally and figuratively. (laughs) I think that's a great place to start is the anatomy because it's not as simple as we think it is, especially the female anatomy. So let's start there and then dive in from that. Sure. Well, I'd say the top things that I think are the most important to understand is that men are turned on already and get turned on faster than the female bodied of us do. And often we're going at the men's pace, which I call patriarchal sex, and we need to slow down to the mom's matriarchal pace and go at her pace and give her the things that she needs. And once he understands that's what what he needs, what she needs, he actually has way better, more satisfying sex himself. And so it's empowering women to understand how our bodies work and give them what they need so that sex becomes satisfying for us so that our guys, if we're with guys, which most of us are, um, and not if you're not, it's fine too. This is all good. You're going to learn something from all of this. Yeah. Um, once, once our guys understand what we need and they give it to us, they're so much happier because they want us to be satisfied. They want us to want them for sex. And that's another thing. Men get really pissy because they're like, she never initiates, man. She never, I am the one who always has. And I'm like, okay, so that's your job, dude. That's what you do. It's, it's really your thing. Just give up feeling like that. Just stop taking that as rejection and start understanding that she's just not ready where you are. And you got to get her there. That's the heavy lifting called masculine sexual leadership that we need from our men to get us to the point where everything feels good to us that you're doing because we got enough ultimately engorgement blood flow to our genitals when you realize how much blood flow is a part of it you'll stop thinking oh my god it's my hormones i'm going through menopause my sex life is over and realize that it's actually just been a lifetime of mediocre sex and lack of engorgement you've literally been having sex and you haven't been turned on enough yet every single time and your body holds the score your body keeps the score it remembers your yoni your vulva she remembers all the bad sex you've ever had and it takes her (laughs) a long time to get over it but she will Right. Right. So when we're talking about the vulva and especially the clitoris, I think it's really interesting that it's not just on the outside, it wraps in the inside. And for a lot of women, certain positions are really important in terms of reaching an orgasm. I know there's a lot of women who struggle to reach an orgasm and we're going to get to that, but in terms of different positions and how to climax, um, like for example, if I'm in certain positions, it's just not going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. I don't get the stimulation I need where other women might. So how does the the clitoris that goes on the inside, how does that influence how we're stimulated? Yeah, I actually think what you're saying is a myth. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what you believe, but I actually don't think it's true. Um, so I'd love to give you a reframe on that. 
you can actually have satisfied. Yeah, I know. I really appreciate that about you, Jill. Um, you're so intelligent and so curious and so open and so confident that I feel like I can just be like, nope, actually, let me give you a reframe. And you're like, yeah, mama, give it to me. So thank you yep. for being that. I mean, you have such a good podcast because of just your personality is so open and interested in learning and knowing and being taught that what you learned was wrong and what's the new thing. Um, the only reason that you may be able to achieve orgasm in, in a certain position and not in another position is that you've created a neural pathway that allows you to have confidence that you can come in a in one way but not another. And if you were if you had more engorgement and more foreplay and more arousal and more blood flow to your genitals, every single position would feel good and you'd be able to orgasm. So hmm. um, I still think we women are, are, are rushing our sexuality and not waiting for waiting for ourselves to be really, really ready and really, really aroused. Um, we keep having sex and kind of limping along, working the system that's working when it would be better if we spent more time getting more engorgement. A lot of what I talk about, I think I mentioned this on the last segment was this notion of orgasmic cross training, the idea of using the different vibrators and sex toys to awaken different areas of the vulva. So um, getting, you know, when my foreplay 99% of the time consists of um, full body touch, getting rid of any aches and pains that hurt uh, my I joke you're gonna laugh at this but <laughs> my idea of foreplay the beginning of foreplay is starting with some THC pain cream and having my lover rub it on whatever hurts because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to have good orgasms right. if something hurts and I'm always working out in the gym I'm always doing something I've always right. got muscle aches and things you know I'm always, <laughs> there's always lactic acid buildup that needs to be worked out <laughs> so I love that Oh, pain cream. That, that's the reality of aging and having great sex. You got to take care of the little kinks first. You do. You got to get the kinks right. out. And then right. I really love a belly rub. Mm. Belly rubs and, and corgasms are really nice. Um, and I, on my website at personallifemedia.com, um, I, I talk about the 20 different kinds of orgasms and I teach you how to have every single one of them. And that's all free content. So I'm not going to explain what a corgasm is. I'm going to keep moving on, but it's there for you. Um, I like to have some corgasms. And when you loosen up the belly, you're really relaxing yourself and loosening up all the flow. Um, you're, you're touching the vagal nerve. You're, you're really getting everything kind of relaxed in the pelvic bowl. And then I like the mons stimulated, rubbed, and I like it kneaded in a way. And I like it rubbed from groin to groin across the mons, all the way across in long strokes with flat fingers, slowly rubbing it in a very mindful way that is actually stimulating the subcutaneous, the subdermal tissue. I don't want the skin rubbed. I want the tissue under my skin to be rubbed in long strokes or small circles back and forth across because that lets the fluid run into the vulva. That gets more blood flow and more plasma into the vulva. 
Then I like the outer labia and groin massaged and the outer labia under the pubic hair. When you knead them between your forefinger and your thumb, one at a time mindfully, and then two together. And I like them rubbed from the top down and then lift your hands up and rub from the top down again, Mm. because when you go against the fur, the kitty cat doesn't like that. So I don't like the rub up. And that also then is coaxing more blood flow into the outer labia. And then I like the clitoral hood. Go, I like it almost like a little windshield wiper back and forth, like you're playing a violin string across the clitoral hood, which is where the shaft of the clitoris is. So your clitoral nub sticks out. Right. And that's 5% of your clitoris. 95% of it is in and down, up into your, uh, along your vagina and down into your labia. That's the clitoris. And so the clitoral shaft loves to get a clitoral heart on with this kind of back and forth stroking and sometimes just touching it like almost like a little inchworm, like stroking up and down, up and down through the tissue, through the skin, through the hood into the meat of the clitoral shaft. You will get a little clitoral erection that way. Now, I've been talking to you for a minute or two, and I've never once touched the tip of the clit yet, have I? No, because if you touch it too hard, pain is involved as well. It's too much. And for all those women who are like, I can only have one orgasm and I'm done, I'm a one and done. Mm -hmm. It's because you're driving your clitoral glands, the tip too hard, too fast, Mm. too soon without enough engorgement. So you're holding yourself back from being multi-orgasmic because what I've been doing is bringing the flow, bringing the flow, bringing the tissue. And even a lot of times my husband will actually take his hands wide and push along the skin and gather it to the center. He's literally pushing blood Mm. into my vulva from slightly, you know, from my belly, from my thighs, from my groin, from my sweet little butt cheeks. He's pushing it all in there. Mm -hmm. And then we continue on from there. I don't want to do like the whole segment on a yoni massage, but I have videos that describe these kinds of things that teach you when to touch the clitoris, how to touch the vestibule, how to touch the outer labia, how to find the foreshad, how to go inside, how to map the inside of the G of the vagina, find the G spot, each of the nerves down in the bottom, the perineal sponge. We've got three erectile tissue systems in our vulva. One is the clitoris. One is the urethral sponge, which is mistakenly called a G spot. It's not a spot. There's no location. That's why you can't find it in the same place twice because it's Mm -hmm. actually a tube of erectile tissue. And then we have the perineal sponge on the floor of the vagina that hardly gets any attention at all, but it's it. Once you get that plumped up and you get the labia popping, you get it all plump, pillowy, wonderful. Then Every sex position is going to give you orgasms. It's so Hmm. nice. So uh, keep working on that because that whole notion of orgasmic cross-training, which I learned from one of my, I'm so lucky to have so many good mentors, um, Sherry Winston, who wrote a a seminal book on on female sexual desire called Women's Anatomy of Arousal, taught me 
uh, about this notion of orga orgasmic cross-training. And it really is this idea of generating new neural pathways of pleasure by expanding mm. the total tissue volume so that there's more tissue sending more signals to your brain, your biggest sex organ, helping you cross that gasm, chasm, close that orgasm gap, make it easy, as easy for you to have orgasms as your male body partner, but you can have multiple, you can have multiple orgasms. You can have ex extended orgasms where the moment of orgasm lasts longer and you can have expanded orgasms which are like quantum orgasms where both they last longer and they become more and more intense as you stack the stair as you go up the, the rungs of mm -hmm. the ladder of your arousal so these are all things we're kind of going for when we expand our orgasmic capacity that's what we're really talking about you cannot do it if you rush it or you don't get enough blood flow. So a lot of what you want to do is just kind of hunker down, settle in, get relaxed, get turned on, allow your body to slowly get turned on. You will know when it's starting to happen. You'll want to writhe and move a little like a snake. You'll want to undulate. That's your kind of kundalini energy rising mm -hmm. in the tantric world. That, that's what they call that. You'll, you'll feel like not a fire in your belly. You'll feel a fire in your sacrum. You'll feel a fire in the base in the root chakra. Mm -hmm. It'll literally feel like... <laughs> Like, an, like a furnace in there right. that's like lighting up your whole genital system, but you got to get enough stimulation. And we just never allow ourselves or demand the stimulation that we need because we think it's us. We think we just right. can't. We right. only can do this position or we can only have this orgasm or whatever. Oh, no, 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 girlfriend. You got to be able to have them all. This is what I'm holding yep. space for, for you. <laughs> and when a, when a man is aroused and he wants to have sex, he is yeah he is like honed in, right? That yeah. is all he is thinking about. But a yeah. woman, you know, I, my, I, I experience it as well when I'm having, you know, in the mood of getting aroused, about to have yeah. intercourse, other things could pop into my mind, like laundry, <laughs> dinner. Yeah. And so yeah. it's about freeing up that space in your mind and relaxing and not feeling bad about taking too long and not right. feeling bad that you are creating that space for yourself. I don't think the man would ever complain about it taking too long. Right. Yeah. So how does a woman who's never had an orgasm or who struggles to have orgasms or who feels she takes too long and can't get there? How does she relax? How do you help her change that mindset? Yeah. Well, the first thing is that um, Susan Bratton told you, you should take as long as you need to. So you can just use that. I've given you permission. <laughs> so now you can. Don't uh -huh. worry. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not wrong. You just didn't know. And now you know. So now you just take as long as you need. The second thing is that sex is a mindfulness practice. It is mm. the same as meditation. It's literally a theta brainwave state, just like meditation. Mm. So orgasm requires you to keep, to fight your estrogen, which wants you to be worried and keep your eye on everything. And create the, the lover space and the trust and the surrender with your partner that allows you to relax. And so now you know there's nothing wrong with you and you need this. Now you've got to set about getting it. So you need to know what you need to have to make that happen. 
uh, the bright, the light's too bright, the room's too cold, the whatever, you're, you're scratchy, you've got a hair on the end of your penis that if I went down on you would tickle my lips and annoy me, go back to the bathroom and, and get that off, go shake, go back and shave, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, you have to speak these things because you live in this animal body and you need to satisfy her. And you need to be able to say to your partner, anything you need to allow you to surrender to your pleasure. So you keep bringing yourself back and pretty soon you get good at staying in sensation because it, the practice with the practice, you get better. The other thing that I think is really good is to get yourself off giving your partner pleasure too. I'm not just saying you lie there and the only thing that happens is you just receive. I'm saying that a part of what you're also doing is maybe may I love to make out with my lover and he's playing with my breasts and nipples, which have become just massively orgasmic for me over the years. Like they didn't used to do anything. And now, man, I mean, there's some of my favorite orgasms are breast and nipple gasms. And so he's playing with my breasts, we're making out and I've got my hand on his beautiful penis and I'm just playing with it and stroking it and doing whatever turns me on in the moment. Because what happens is that that turn on is it's it's like two tuning forks. When you have two tuning forks and you ho you hold them next to each other and you strike one against a hard object and you hold it next to the other one, the other one starts to vibrate. Mm -hmm. That's how turn on works. The more you allow yourself to get turned on, the more it turns your partner on, the more exciting it is and it builds for both of you. Mm -hmm. The more that you just let yourself go into pleasure bliss together where you're just riding the waves of pleasure maybe you decide to go down on him and you know you have erectile tissue in your throat and so what happens is that not just in your lips and your mouth and the tip of your nose but in your throat you've got erectile tissue so kissing gets your spit flowing which gets your vagina lubricated playing with your nipples and breasts also makes your vagina start to contract so it starts the lubrication process even before you've touched your genitals and then if you start playing with your partner's penis if, if you have a partner with a penis start playing with his penis and rubbing it on your lips and sticking it between your um, lips and your gums and soaking it into your mouth and not feeling like you have to do him, but right. more like you are. More like, uh, hang on. That's my long guy. Is it super loud? No, I can't hear it. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. You'll have to pull this little tiny bit out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought no maybe worries. it would be so loud. Um, you're more just using his penis for your oral pleasure. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking I have to do something to him, what you're really doing is you're getting off on his penis. And when you do that, when you switch that to a reframe in your mind of, I have to do certain things to make him happy, I'm giving him a blowjob. Mm -hmm. You move away from I'm giving him a blowjob to, 
I'm using his penis to pleasure my mouth and get myself off. Over time, you'll want to take that in more and more and you'll relax and you'll get a rhythm together. And then soon you'll be able to actually tickle that that erectile tissue in your throat in a way that starts to at first feel like a gag reflex, but your gag reflex is actually an orgasmic contraction. So mm. don't be afraid of it. I mean, every once in a while, I, I have a little like reflux in my mouth if I'm up on my knees with my head down and my stomach mm -hmm. up or something like that. But it'll start to open and you'll start to want to tap, tap, tap. And that'll open your throat just like your yoni opens as you slowly bring the blood flow in and the pleasure in. She opens. And that's why for so many of us women, we've been penetrated too early every time we've had intercourse. And so it's been stuffed inside us rather than allowing us to draw it in. And this is the same with the throat. They're just two ends of the same tube. It's called the golden flute or the golden bamboo in Taoist and Tantra. And it's really two ends of the same coin. And that's the process that will begin your full body orgasms. So what you want to do is you want to start in your, is this too much or is this okay? Oh, keep going. This is great. Okay. All right. Great. I just want, I'm checking in. Um, you want to start having orgasms in your mouth and throat and in your vagina, you want to practice allowing your vagina to pull his penis in rather than having him put his penis push his penis in. You want to wait till you're really ready. And, and it's just like, it's going to just get sucked in there. And then you want to be milking his penis. The French call it pompoir, P-O-M-P-O-I-R. And pompoir is this notion of contracting around his penis. And you can begin to contract from the opening of your vagina, which is your, it's called your introital sphincter. It's a round muscle. The same as your throat is a round mm -hmm. muscle. The same as your irises are round muscles. They're a locking system. They work together in concert. And so the more you open your throat, the more your yoni opens, the more that introital sphincter, the opening to your vagina opens. And so oral is very good foreplay for intercourse because just like breast play and kissing, they are opening your vagina, wetting your vagina, you're beginning to get contractions. And over time, you can essentially connect the dots of this hollow flute, this golden flute mm -hmm. that, that, that is inside you. We are light beings. This is our lumen. It's literally called the lumen. You learned that in medical school, that alimentary system is our lumen. It's the outside of it that holds it all together. It's called the lumen. That's the light that runs through us. And the idea is that as you connect the dots, you'll start to have, especially if you do those corgasms, if you get your belly rubbed to start as a, as a foreplay, you'll start to have corgasms. That'll help with your, your vagina will connect to your core. Your lips will connect to your mouth. Your mouth will connect to your throat. Then they'll start having orgasms at the same time in concert. And that you, you can pretty easily connect the dots from the throat to the belly, that center part, ugh, you know, that's easy. And so then you're having these much more intense full body orgasms because you've activated the throat and you've activated the root chakra and they are, you know, really uh, squeezing them. You can't see this because Jill and I are on video, but I'm, I'm, my hands are squeezing. They'll like, be able to like see this kneading. on the YouTube channel. 
oh good on the yeah, yeah, right yeah. on the youtube channel you'll be able to yeah. see what i'm doing where i'm yeah. basically yeah. showing you how our whole body starts to contract with these incredible orgasms so you can have orgasms from touching the tip of the shaft you can have orgasms from touching the little labia you can have orgasms from touching the g spot from touching the breasts from touching the throat. I mean, it just becomes so incredible and satisfying and wonderful when you allow yourself to activate like this, when you allow your body to start moving on its own, when you allow your yoni to open, when you allow your throat to open, when you ask for what you need to enable the opening of your body to your pleasure, your pleasure takes off. And I think that's the key, what you just said, you have to communicate your needs. You have to yeah, you have, you have to be on the same page as your partner, have that conversation that you want things to be different, that you haven't yeah. been satisfied and that you want to work on it for yourself and for you as a couple. Yes. Um, and this is not an overnight success thing, right? This is, this is taking time. So I don't want anyone to go and try any of this and not have it happen for them. And they think it's a fail and it's not going to work. This is, this is a mindfulness practice, like you said. But you literally increment your skills every single time you right? love when you're when you're coming in with this frame of, oh, okay, I'm just activating my yoni. Oh, now I'm activating my throat. Oh, now I'm connecting them together. Oh, this is so cool. You know, it's I just gave you the map. All you have right. to do is follow it one foot in front of the other. And every lovemaking date, erotic play dates are what I like. We talked about that on the last mm -hmm. segment, the notion that I don't want to schedule sex. I want to schedule erotic play dates to try mm -hmm. new things. Today, I'm going to try deep throating my husband. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> your husband's going to sign up for that one. You know, right. <laughs> totally. He's not going to schedule any calls. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's, let's pivot to yeah. some of your seven stimulating sex positions. I found your guide extremely helpful. Um, so which one do you want to focus on first? Well, you were so cute too last night because I have a nude version of it. So right. if you go to sevenpositions.com and download the guide, it's my seven stimulating sex positions. And I had the guide illustrated and it's super cute, but I also have a nude version of it mm -hmm. illustrated. So if you get the seven positions and you want the nude one, just email me, you'll get emails from me. You just reply to it and go, can I have the nude one? Yeah. <laughs> it's, isn't it cute? I asked for the nude one and I wasn't expecting the cartoon figures and I thought it was really well done, really well done. So I think it's adorable. I applaud you on that. It's great. It's great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, we found a really great illustrator. Um, so the seven stimulating sex positions are the, the, the concept of that is look, there's only really six sex positions. I mean, there's really, there's really only missionary. Somebody's on top doggy style from behind side by side, you know, uh, laying side by side, facing mm -hmm. each other or, or turned around. I mean, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of, right. <laughs> when, I mean, there's so much to be said for sex positions because one of the interesting things about it is that your body dynamics really have an effect on how you fit together and what positions work for you. I mean, even thinking literally about the thigh bone length of one lover and the other lover, I've got these giant long thighs. I'm almost a six foot tall woman. So my thighs are, I don't even know. Most men don't have legs as long as my thighs. <laughs> and so it's funny because you have to find positions that work for you. 
but some of these positions that I've created, they work for almost everybody. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about them is that some of them incorporate toys. Some of them incorporate oral pleasuring. Um, some of them are really good for that kind of like breast play and kissing piece of it, et cetera. And what they all have in common is the thing that I think most couples forget to do, which is to use their hands in full body touch while they're making love. A lot of times when we're making love, we're in what I call the friction versus the connection state. Mm -hmm. So we're rubbing genitals together to make fire, but we're not necessarily looking in each other's eyes, making out, incorporating sex toys, running our hands all over each other's bodies. I mean, for me, one of the things that really turns me on are biceps. I like biceps. Like a guy likes boobs, I like biceps. When I hold on to a nice meaty buy and try, that alone turns me on. It's my, mm -hmm. it's one of my things. One of my things is that one of my one of my dude styles I like is barbarian. <laughs> I like a barbarian. I like, I also like a very feminine man. I like a wide variety of types of men, but barbarian mm -hmm. is one of my top categories. And so just even being in um, headboard daddy, where I'm holding on to his biceps while he's telling me how beautiful I am, making out with me, playing with my breasts, while I'm taking his, I'm taking my pleasure on his penis. He's sitting up in bed and we're facing each other. That is such a hot and sexy position. I love it. I mean, and it seems so simple, but you forget to incorporate all of the senses into the sexuality and embodied yeah. sex, which is embodied sex is sensual sex, which is all the senses. That's one of the six essentials for connected sex that I talk about in my book, Sexual Soulmates, which I don't know that I gave this. Did I give this to your listeners last time? Sexualsoulmatesbook.com. I, so. I think yes. I did. Mm -hmm. I usually don't give it away, but you asked me such good questions. I, most people just go on Amazon and buy it, but you asked me such good questions. I wanted your listeners to have it because I feel like it's such an important companion to mm -hmm. the depth of conversation that we're having with your interviewing skill. Yes. I want to jump to one of your seven stimulating positions called, it was number two called Chingalinga. And it was one I had never thought about. It's yeah. definitely, I think for a, a advanced adventurous yeah. couple for sure. Yeah. But I think it's something for couples to, to think about trying yeah. um, because it really gets you out of your comfort zone, maybe on a couple levels. So can we talk about how we, we get just like we were talking about in the beginning, how in my mind, I can only have an orgasm in, you know, certain positions and not others. And you said, well, that's not really true. It's sort of being yeah. in that mindset and that comfort zone. Yeah. I think it's the same for a lot of couples, especially if they've been together a long time, they know the routine, they know each other's bodies. And now I'm saying, well, what if we got out of that comfort zone and tried something like Chingalinga? Yeah. I love Chingalinga. First of all, I love the name. It's so cute. I love Especially it. if you say to your partner, hey, I'm in the mood for a little Chingalinga. And right. it, sounds, <laughs> it kind of sounds like cunnilingus, but, but totally. it's not, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's like the Mexican version of cunnilingus, yeah. but it's not, it's not even cunnilingus. <laughs> so my hope is that people download your guide and they yeah. see that number two and they're like, no way, no how I'm not doing it, but it's there. And maybe they go back and they revisit it after a little bit. 
it doesn't even seem that dangerous to me, especially because I was just talking, you know, honestly, what chingalinga is, is you lie on the bed with your head. So the woman lies on the bed with her head at up at the corner of the bed. Mm-hmm. And this really does depend on how tall your guy is and um, how high your bed is. <laughs> right. You might have to do this on your dining room table. You might have to do this on your sofa. I don't know, but right. find, find a flat surface to lie down on. And then he basically holds his penis for you and he administers it to your mouth. So he taps your lips and he rubs it across your lips and he puts it inside and he lets you guide him through your basically your biofeedback, your moans, maybe a hand on his leg, you know, guiding him. And his job is to stroke your mouth with his penis. And remember in the beginning of the show where I was talking about how all women can have these throat gasms. Mm -hmm. This is a really nice way. Once you get good at giving yourself throat gasms, when you're in control, Mm -hmm. you can stop being in control and allow your partner to run the stroking. And when your partner runs the stroking, they've learned kind of your pace and when you need a break to breathe. And then when you're ready for more, and then when you want it a little deeper and then a little deeper, maybe more rapid and shallow, and then a couple of deep strokes using these kind of alternate strokes. And what's nice about it is that you're relaxing and receiving the stimulation you need to get the throat gasm. At the same time that you're using a vibrator on your clitoris. So your hands are free. He's holding his penis. You're lying there. Your hands are free, which means you can give yourself yoni gasms while he's giving you throat gasms, which is one of the ways you connect those dots to the, the throat chakra and the root chakra. The way you get all the full body orgasm running is when you get that level of trust and surrender with your partner. Right. And it's really easy for you to just like, let him know when you need to slow down, let him know when you need a breath. It's, you know, you can do all of that with a single hand on his thigh or his arm or wherever you need it, whenever you need it. He can read your signals. He's really paying attention to you. And when he sees you lying there and he's doing that to you and you're having orgasm, and those and what's nice is that the orgasms from your yoni are making you have orgasms from your throat and vice mm. versa they're they're like an upward pleasure spiral working together like a double helix that's a double helix pleasure spiral where it each one of them is taking the other one up they're, they are helping each other. It's the tuning forks. It's the rhythm of the two things. It's just incredible. So yeah, sure. It's an advanced move, but honestly, I mean, Jill, you can go do it tonight. You could go do it tonight. (laughs) I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world. It's just a little bit of oral pleasuring and a vibrator on your clitoris while you're lying on a bed. I mean, like it's super relaxing. So it is one of my favorites because I do really love to surrender to my pleasure and completely let go and let my partner do all of the stimulation delivery sometimes. Sometimes I like to be the one doing all the stimulation delivery. And sometimes we go back and forth. And that's what's nice. When you start out often as, I mean, I know for me, and I think this is common, 
that I started out being in a receive mode sexually. And then as I got yeah. more confident, I started, started giving and being able to give and have more confidence about that. And then it started going back and forth. And then it was just amazing when I just learned how to completely surrender to a whole nother level again with my partner. And these yeah. are just like the steps that you go through as you learn about your sexuality. It's all learned. That's the thing. Practice makes perfect. And the mistakes are as fun as the, the successes. Yeah. What about talking dirty? You yeah. know, some people are really uncomfortable doing it. They, they mm -hmm. feel dirty doing it yeah. um, while others find a really healthy place for it in their, in their lovemaking. So yeah. for the, the couple that doesn't do it, what are the first steps they can take to incorporate that? Yeah, I think dirty talk is um, one kind of bedroom talk. I think there's pillow talk. I think there's sensual talk. There's words of adoration. There's words of respect and appreciation. There's words of encouragement, which are super important for women because we've been so socialized in weird ways around our sexuality. So words of encouragement is probably one of the very first things. And then I think there's also a big one called moaning. <laughs> Often when partners make love, they're quite quiet. And so I think one of the very first things that you want to practice is moaning. And, and when you practice it, you make yourself do it, but you have to wait until you're turned on and you really want to moan. The moans will come out of you. And the more that you allow them, the more that you give yourself time to get turned on, and then you start really moaning. That does the same thing. It's a tuning fork. It's the resonance. It, it turns him on and then it turns you on more and your own moans turn you on and they're just biofeedback to let you know you're having a great time. So I like that. And then there's another thing I really like, which is post-coital, after lovemaking, which is what I call sharing frames. And I learned this from my mentor, Dr. Patty Taylor, who was also my instructor for the expanded orgasm practice that I recommend to people. It's at expandherorgasmtonight.com. There's some free pleasure reports there where you can learn about the practice. Because to me, having an expanded orgasm practice is the Rosetta Stone for like the cross training your clitoral mm -hmm. structure to have all kinds of orgasms. It's really a great foundation practice for couples trying to learn to be more connected and more limbically um, aligned and feeling each other and tuned into each other and entering into states of blitz, bliss together. Um, but the sharing frames that Dr. Patty teaches is one of the 21 erotic play dates that comes with Expand Her Orgasm Tonight, the program. And it's essentially after lovemaking, anytime, it could be mm -hmm. like three weeks ago, it could be anytime, um, telling your partner one of the highlight moments for you of that lovemaking date. And when you say, you know, last night, what I loved the most was when I was on top of you and I've been really enjoying deep, deep thrusting lately. And I think you like deep thrusting as you age, because I think you just get more used to it and, mm -hmm. and you get like, you know, stuff gets bigger in there <laughs> as you age. There's just like more room. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you say something like, 
I was on top of you and I was thrusting deeply and I could feel my boobs slapping you in the face as I was thrusting you deeply inside me. And I could see you trying to catch them with your mouth. And it was so cute and so hot and so naughty. And I loved it, you know, and your husband will freaking love it if you tell him that, you know, you would just think that's so fun. And oh my God. Yeah. Oh, you saw me try to catch him. Trying to get that booby in my mouth. (laughs) So cute. So that's a frame. That's a frame is Mm -hmm. a a description of the physical sensations that you experienced during a lovemaking date. And it clues your partner into the things that are really turning you on. Because if you're quiet and you don't moan and you're not saying stuff, how would they possibly know what the hot moments are so that they can do those again sometime again in the future? Like he might've thought maybe she didn't like that I was trying to get her booby in my mouth. Now he knows I thought it was adorable. (laughs) No, I really think that's great advice. You know, it's like as a health coach, I... I focus on lifestyle interventions and building small, building a solid foundation and then putting blocks on top of it. And so, you know, talking dirty, however you want to describe it, reframing or pillow talk, whatever it is, start small and re and just keep building on top of that, of that foundation until you get to a place where you probably never thought you'd ever go. I know it's true because they're all learned skills. I have a book. It's at dirtytalkbook.com and it's the five ways to talk dirty without feeling weird. And one of the other ones is describing what you see. Just describing what you see is such a nice way of doing things. So I've learned how to do them all. I used to be one of those quiet people and now I am not at all a quiet person. And it's so much fun to have those conversations. And I also like when, when my partner is, is, you know, like telling me, you know, oh, you just get it, girl. You, you know, you want it. You did it, you know, like that kind right, of thing, but he right. doesn't know, he doesn't ever call me like a dirty little slut or anything right, like that. Right, I don't like right. that. Right. I don't like that kind of stuff. I like the like encouraging adoration. Mm-hmm. Right. You're so sexy. You're so beautiful. Your body looks so hot. Your boobs are so gorgeous. Your yoni right. is glistening. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I like. So the more right. that we, and, and in Dirty Talk book, um, what I like about it is that I give you verbatims. Did I give you that book yet? No. Okay. I'll give that mm-hmm. one to you too. I think I thought I gave you everything, but I'll make sure you get that too. Uh, I've got 44 books and programs. So it's not like, I mean, I don't want to overwhelm you, but that one's really fun because when you get verbatims written by a woman, a guy, it's really helpful for a guy because he can see, oh, oh, I could say that. Oh, and then he can make it his own. He can personalize it. So it's a book full of the five different ways to talk dirty without feeling weird that are really about sensual and pillow talk. And it's also verbatims that you can use until you get on your feet. You can just memorize a couple of them. And that helps a a great idea. I love that. Well, Susan, another hot, juicy (laughs) episode with you. I love it. Love it. I'm so grateful that you've come on again. I know all of the listeners will have a lot of golden nuggets to take away and work on uh, because it is a practice in progress for sure. Yeah. Well, we certainly talked about some advanced things today. So thank you for, again, being an intrepid sexual seeker, Jill. Yeah, Um, yeah. I love that about you. Thank you so much. And who's your little pup? Is that a little pup over there? That is Miss Stella. I've got two of them. They come and go. 
Oh, hi, Miss yep. Stella. That's my my Catahoula mix, my boss. Oh, Catahoula. That's mm -hmm. a, a Louisiana dog. Exactly. Oh, yep. that's so yeah. great. Yeah. So well, I am going to join us today. Oh, yes. I'm going to put all of these links in the podcast notes so great. everybody can look up yeah, where yourself. to find these guides. You have such amazing guides written so well, uh, really making you feel so comfortable. Um, Good answering all the questions that so many people have. So thank you again for all of your hard work on that. And I will be inviting you back on again for some more juicy <laughs> topics for I sure. I am a yes. <laughs> yes. I it love great to see you. you. Great to see you, Susan. You too, Jill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Lifestyle changes can be hard and overwhelming to make. By building your support team of functional medicine doctors, therapists, and health coaches, you can reach your optimal health goals. Be sure to check out my other podcasts. Until we meet again, stay healthy.